You're listening to the Business of Pharmacy podcast with me, your host, Mike Kelzer. Well, hello, Susie. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for joining the Business of Pharmacy podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Tell us what's hot. Tell us why I probably reached out to you. I am the founder of the Pharmacist Moms Group, which is the largest group of women in pharmacy in the country. Um, You know, in just two years, we've formed one of the largest groups for pharmacists representing the voice of women in pharmacy. I heard you on another podcast and you said that one of the goals is to become the largest group on the internet of pharmacists. And break that down a little bit for our listeners who may not know the history of where women in pharmacy started percent-wise back in the 60s to where they are now. Yeah, that's a great question. So, and throughout some of my research that I've done when I've been presenting on women in, in pharmacy, um, you know, what I found is that women for the past 40 years have graduated as the majority of of mm. pharmacist, you know, but there really wasn't an organization. Back in the 1960s, women only made up about 14.9, I think 15% of of women in pharmacy and it slowly mm. increased and you know, by the 1980s, more than half of each graduating class was made up of women. But there really wasn't an organization that focused on women in pharmacy up until the Pharmacist Moms Group. And what is the ratio now, would you say, of, of the pharmacy schools? Um, there, for the 2010s, it's about two-thirds female and one-third male. Wow. Why is that? You know, that's a great question. Um, I've presented on this before, and there there's a f- quite a few theories, but one of the largest theories is that um, you know, which was published in a Harvard Journal of Economics showed that pharmacy went from primarily and it was all owner and management mm-hmm. to yeah. a field where there were a lot more hospital positions. Pharmacists right. were able to replace and walk in and walk out. You didn't have to bring your work home with you. It was kind of illegal to take your work home with you. So, yeah. And women were looking for fields um, like that for to raise their family while also having a, a, a great career. Yeah, that's interesting. I I always get mad at all the HIPAA stuff when that came out. We've been practicing HIPAA as pharmacy pharmacists, pharmacy owners all our lives. We never, you were never able, we were never able to bring stuff home, you know, to talk about patients and things like that. I suppose maybe owners did more, but it's never been a a thing where you've been able to really spread out and and work at home on a patient. You know, it was more like a, kind of more like an emergency room where you would do your thing and then, and then that patient would go to the next, the next person. That's a nice part of it. So pharmacy is two thirds women. So I would say, Susie, why do you need a pharmacist? Moms, you ladies are dominating. You got the poor dads out there that are overrun by 66% of the industry now is women. So what are some of the things that migrated from the years of a male-dominated profession? So one of the things that the Pharmacist Moms Group is we we established the Pharmacist Moms Coalition for Change. Um, You know, as the founder of Pharmacist Moms, I've received countless messages from women who um, we allow for anonymous posts within our group. So someone mm. can contact me or one of my other admins and let send us an, a message um, that are sometimes disheartening. And then we'll allow for it to go through anonymously. Mm-hmm. And through some of those anonymous posts, I receive messages about, you know, I've 
nowhere to pump. You know, I'm nursing and I, I don't have yeah. a facility at work. I don't have a place right. to sit. I'm, you know, I might miscarry my baby. Should I let my manager know? Do you think that I might lose my job? And, yeah. um, you know, just different issues that women were facing. So we established this pharmacist moms coalition for change. Um, we're working on really all issues that face women, um, especially around pregnancy, childbirth, um, yeah. you know, um, nursing, having young children. Right. Um, I think a lot of those things weren't taken into consideration years ago, especially when it was a traditionally male field. Yeah. So um, I yeah. know myself, I suffered from preeclampsia. So at one point, my legs were so swollen. I mean, I couldn't barely stand on my feet. I was wearing my husband's sneakers um, towards the last <laughs> few weeks of my pregnancy. So I can't imagine, you know. Um, how, big were, how big were those for you? you, you, did you were they even close <laughs> yeah, or not? Exactly. Or did you look like Bozo walking around? I know. It, it was not, yeah, not, not a great time. But, you know, and I ended up delivering my son early. He was, you know, he was premature because of, because yeah. of everything going on. And, you know, and I'm not the only woman who has gone through that. And I can't right. imagine working in a pharmacy, having to stand, you know, for a 14 hour shift with yeah. my legs really swollen or women who can't reach certain things because they are pregnant. You know, they're 38, 39 weeks pregnant. They can't reach something on the top. They can't reach something on the bottom. Um, different accommodations that they don't have a stool um, to sit or a place to sit. And yeah, yeah, exactly. their, their physician might have said, you know what, you need to rest. You can't stand for X number of hours. So um, our coalition is working towards this. Um, we've established a non-for-profit arm of the of the Pharmacist Moms Group where we are working on this. Um, we actually have heard back from a couple chain pharmacies already that were focusing on. Um, and High V is one of them. They're based in the Midwest, I think based in Iowa. And they're going to guarantee that their pharmacists have stools during pregnancy. Also wow. very excited that we recently heard back from Walmart, which was a big win from us. Um, you know, we're really trying to, to make changes because nobody was thinking about these things um, years ago. Sometimes drugs can be too low when you've yes. got somebody that can't bend real well. Now, I've got a washboard ab. And <laughs> and, and so, I, you know, this would never be me, of course. But if somebody happened to have a few more pounds around the midsection, but, you know, really things can get too low in a pharmacy where you Definitely. can't bend down. And so yeah. you, there's, there's that range of shorter men and women or if you're pregnant. And it's a certain range when you're going back hundreds of times per day and things. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just those accommodations that should be necessary. And, and I think a lot of women face that in other areas. And I've spoken about this before as well, but women who have worked in smaller offices, they might not have had a place to nurse, um, exactly. or pump, you know, um, so things like that. So I think that there's changes at, in the workplace in general for women throughout other professions. And now pharmacy needs to begin to make these changes as well. Yeah. I remember when some of the women that worked at my pharmacy had their needs of either pumping and things like that. This is, you know, after the birth of their baby. But I was happy to oblige, but I wish that there was standards or mm -hmm. suggestions that I could have looked to and my pharmacist could have looked to instead of the two of us kind of reinventing the wheel. Right. Exactly. And that's kind of what we're we're trying to establish is just some sort of guideline standards, some sort of minimal requirements that are that are needed for women. Would any of these, Susie, turn into laws versus working with, let's say, the chains you mentioned who are coming along on things? Are any of these things laws or are they always working with the company, would you say? They probably don't need to be a law. I think they're also just general things that are happening now for women 
yeah. you know, in all workplaces. So I think that they would just follow along. So I don't necessarily think that we have to go that route and, you know, that maybe for provider status or other things that go the law route. So this way, it seems like there's enough room and you're getting enough response from yes, people. Yes. It's almost like, hey, thanks for bringing that to our attention. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's what's happened. I think that actually nobody was looking at this, you know, nobody was talking about it. And right. now all of a sudden everyone's like, yes, that impacted me. So, yeah. um, you know, there hasn't been pushback or, you know, companies saying, no, we're not going to do this. I, you know, in fact, we're actually hearing more like, yes, you know what, these are great ideas. We, we're going to begin to implement this. So, yeah. um, you know, even hospitals now and, um, because it's not just retail pharmacists. So it's hot, you know, certain hospitals. Yeah. And, um, so all pharmacists that are, you know, might be standing and they're staffing and, um, different areas. But I think it's just something that we need to talk about more. I think that a lot of women have shied away from talking about yes. it. And I think that's where we really need to begin to have more discussions on, on this. I think you're right about that because I know as an owner that if one person came to me and, and had a request, I'd at least listen and, probably try to acquiesce to what I could. But if 10 people came or I knew it was like a national topic going on, it would probably push me along a little bit more quickly, you know, if I knew that. And certainly the person wanting that would be more, as you just mentioned, more comfortable in, in coming up knowing that there's 30,000 pharmacists across the country that might be having the same discussion that day with their management team. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's just something that we need to talk about. We need to start discussing. And I think, um, you know, that's our goal really for 2020. I mean, that's what, what, are, we're, what our plan is. You've got a bigger heart than I do. I think all moms probably do, but, but I know yeah. you do. If I was going to start a group, I would say, I want to check out the coolness of the internet being able to gather groups together and how well it can build stuff and so on. So my impetus would be, I want to make a group and now I'm going to find something to make a group for. In your case though, did you have any of that in you saying, I want to do something as a group? Or did this all come from just saying, I'm a mom pharmacist with needs? Yeah, great question. So um, I never thought this was going to happen. So I, you know, how it happened was my son who plays sports, he's a you know, I was missing a lot of his games. I was working yeah. a lot. I was just feeling guilty. It was just mom guilt. And so really what I did was I said, you know what? I want to talk to other pharmacist moms, other moms who went through similar schooling to me, had completed a residency maybe or a fellowship and, you know, went through all this training. And then all of a sudden, boom, they have these kids and they're like, what am I going to do now? Am I going to continue working? Am I going to work part-time? Am I, you know, all the things that I was thinking about and having the mom guilt where I was missing a lot of his games, especially on weekends where I was working and his games were on Saturdays and yeah. I couldn't make it on a Saturday. Um, you know, and all the other moms were, were there. So I started to feel that guilt. And so I, I started this group um, and it's really just been natural. You truly wanted people to talk to and to associate with. Yeah. And it's what I'm passionate about too. I think, you know, um, ultimately it's, it was my passion and what I, what I've always been interested in. Even when I was a pharmacy student, 
believe it or not, I was presenting on women in pharmacy, and that was my research area. Oh. Um, you know, even in academia, when I worked, I was in the women's SIG for AACP. So I was always very passionate about women and pharmacy and women issues. Um, so the kind of the stars just aligned. Um, so I think, you know, when setting out, I actually did not set out and plan this. But if, if you were, I think, you know, finding something that's really meaningful to you. Sure. It, it, that's yeah. really the, the main thing. If, if it's, if it's hard, then it, it probably doesn't, it's not going to work. You know, it has to just come naturally. Where did your attraction to the women's issues come from? Do you think? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Where did your extra passion come even as far back as pharmacy school and so on? You know, I probably, my family, um, probably, you know, my parents, um, maybe even, yeah, definitely my parents always pushing that, you know, that men and women are equal. I can do everything. I had brothers and, um, you know, I could do whatever my brothers want to do. I, you know, I could do too. And, um, you know, that making sure that I was, you know, able to, you know, believe in myself. I think probably, yeah, I came from probably my family, I I would say. family. Um, that was something that they always made sure I believed in. I know my father was big on, you know, my father's generation. A lot of the women just got married and my mother, my parents' generation, um, they didn't go to school. And my dad was always big on saying, you know what, as a woman, you have to, his sisters all went, were educated and, you know, went to school and he was very, you know, a big believer in education and that that was something that women had to do before thinking about, you know, marriage or or other things. Right. Right. Do you have sisters? No, I do not. No. You have one girl. One daughter. Yeah. And the rest are brothers. How many brothers do you have? I have two brothers. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask to compare against your sister. Like, well, is she, you know, is she doing that? But there's no one to compare to on that. Yeah. No, I don't have a sister, but um, I have, my mom has a lot of sisters, but I I didn't. My mom came from a family of 10. So she had, she has a bunch of sisters. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I come from, uh, there's 12 of us kids and my wife comes from 13. So Wow, that's amazing. I know. I just found out you have 10 kids too. Yeah, we have 10. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Love big families. I always wanted more. I saw my mom who had a large family. And so um, that was something that I always I wanted to have a lot of kids because I came from three, which isn't, you know, it's the average, I would say. Um, But I, but yeah, I definitely, I, I like having a lot of, you know, the big, the big families are fun too. That's awesome. Good for you. So, Susie, I'm going to go down the road of this group because you've had so much exposure. Good for you. And people have learned about all those wonderful women and what their goals are. But let me go on the other side a bit here. I want to dig into behind the scenes of pharmacist moms. We're going to get down to the nitty gritty of this. You start this going online and... All of a sudden, this thing, it must kind of balloon. And what are your thoughts when that happens? Shocked. But then, you know, really excited, too. Um, I think I started to feel really excited about all the things that we could do. Um, And then when things were getting done, I just, it got me more excited and more pumped. And, um, you know, when the group grew and it just kept growing and it's still growing. Susie, but is it just what you could do or is there any pride or I'm pretty cool because I've got this big group going? Tell me there's no. some of that there because I know that's what I would be doing. 
And maybe it's because I don't see a big need for, you know, a fat men's group or something <laughs> like that. But there's but there <laughs> there has to be there's gotta be some like like pride there like I'm cool at this. It's all about what the group is going to be able to do now that you have numbers. Yeah, that's kind of what it what it's become. Yeah, I'm pretty. Oh, jeez. I would say I was probably more on the shy side, so um, I was actually taken aback when all of this happened. Um, and then um, one of my friends who's who's in the group, she was like, "No, you got to start posting, and you got to let people yeah. know you on social media." And um, so she's tried to help me become more comfortable with that. But, um, you know, I was never really comfortable even, I mean, I didn't like to post pictures of my kids and things like now, now I've begun to, but, um, you know, for quite a few years, I was just pretty, you know, I had my profile and, right. you know, I, I wasn't a big social media person. And now I have, you know, yeah, thousands and thousands of followers. And that's a big decision to make about your kids. And in your case, because there's a lot of people that don't, but in your case, the question was always going to be there because of the pharmacist mom. So you had to make that decision whether to bring your kids along for the ride or not, you know, in the, in the social media thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. With the pharmacist moms group, I feel like we're finally able to hear from everybody and hear everyone's voice and not just certain people who attend meetings. And yeah, um, so it's been it's been great to bring back to the profession. Did you have any group before hitting the internet or was that your first launch into getting even a small group of people like had you already had a little group together because of your speaking and that or was the seed of that group truly social media that got it up even to three or four people from the start this is my one and only this is my my first and only baby so you didn't have like a 10 person email group or something that you would talk about about mother issues no, no, not at all. And that's why that night I couldn't sleep. I was like, I need to find somebody to talk to. <laughs> it, you know, let me, let me see. And that's kind of what happened. But no, I, di- I didn't. I mean, I have my, my friends and things. But it, like I said, I really wanted yeah. to have people in, um, from, from my pharmacy community. Yeah, that's cool. And, and you, you've done a lot of papers too, haven't you? A lot of yeah. like, what does that mean? Like peer-reviewed papers like you, like people can look at them and like comment like a science paper? Definitely. So, so basically when you write, um, you know, especially in academia, you have to write for promotion or for tenure and um, there are different journals and the journals are rated. So for example, getting a publication in the New England Journal of Medicine is, is ranked a lot higher than some small journal that maybe right. only a few folks have heard of it. So First of all, there's different ranks, but peer reviewed is basically you submit it for review. Um, there's people who moderate it, look through it, kind of, um, you know, will determine if it will be accepted, if it needs some revisions and then will be accepted or if it's just rejected outright. And so, um, it's a, it's a lengthy process and, um, you know, but it, but it's definitely, um, the only way to be published, um, if you, if, you know, for in a, if you want it to be taken seriously for an academic career. Yeah, I don't have peer review. I just surround myself with my employees and I pay them to, you know, <laughs> laugh at me and be be kind and things like that. That works too. <laughs> I, I, I always enjoyed that as an independent pharmacist getting together with our county board, basically, which was a subsidiary of our state board. But that was always neat to have peers that weren't your work peers or your employees. You could you know, be more honest. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. When you 
talk about the admins then. Do you break that up with them? Are they helping you do certain things or is it just like whoever gets to it first? Or have you started to actually segment your responses and so on to the the social group? Yeah. So they, they assist in different areas. So some of them assist with posting, some of them assist with anonymous posts, some of them assist with moderating, you know, this needs to be removed or, um, so yeah, everyone kind of has a role. Do you have like an official meeting or do you just talk this over online or how do you do that? So we have another group that does meet once a month. We meet virtually. Virtually once a month. And that's our, that's our, yeah, that's our advisory board. So that, that kind of helps with different things that, um, you know, topics that might be coming up or, or things that we're planning. How many of you in that board? Seven. On purpose, seven? Like you don't want more? Or that's like how it ended up? You know, that's just how it ended up. Yeah. Um, there, we, we could entertain others, you know. Um, I haven't. But at this point, it's it's been seven. So I think back to when my dad was on the school boards and different things. It was truly like a monthly meeting. You know, you'd, you'd get together once a month yeah. and stuff. Is this one of those where you say it's a monthly meeting, but you're shooting stuff back and forth all the time because of the ease of the internet? Yes. So we actually have a chat group too. So we're, yeah, we, we're chatting often. Yeah. It just makes everything easier. You know, it's right. Yeah. You don't have to wait till the monthly meeting. Do you separate that meeting into any like past, present and future? I know that you're goal of having this group to represent the most pharmacists. Do you talk about this with those seven or are these thoughts of your own that go there? Both. I mean, we, we talk about it, but then, yeah, a lot of it is just kind of my own passions and, you know, thoughts that, I you know, my plan is to really push this group to become the largest group in, in pharmacy and the largest voice for pharmacists. If you had to, if you weren't poking around this through the week, if someone said, you've got to do something else, how many hours would you say you need right now to do this effectively? Like if you were billing by the hour, how many hours would you say per week that you would need to stay on top of things? Well, it depends on your, the standard, right? Um, for me, I would say 24-7 because this group doesn't shut down. You know, um, I would love to... It doesn't shut down, no, right? I mean, we're, it's always around, you know, people are on the internet yeah. all the time. When would people start realizing, though, that you weren't 24-7? Let's say all of a sudden there was a limit on your time for some reason. When would they start noticing that you were not up to where you have been for the last six months on this? Like, let's say I said, Susie, you're going to be in this cabin and there's no internet access. And for some reason you have to be there. You're only allowed to come into the library, you know, so often and use the internet. That's the only time you can do it. How often would you need to go visit that library or how many hours per week would you have to be there before people started saying, Hey, something's up with Su- <laughs> something's up with Susie. Yeah, I think people notice right pretty closely. So I'm around Thanksgiving. Actually, my father-in-law had a had a heart attack, and oh, I'm sorry so, to hear that. And so I was MIA for a little bit, yeah. and people were messaging me, and then they're like, "Why aren't you responding?" And then I'm like, you know, then a couple days, you know, and I'm like, I'm really sorry, and just been really backed up, and you know, and then everyone's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry," and um, so it it has happened before, but but it, yeah, you're, you're right. Life happens and yeah. things happen, and you know, I can't be available twenty four seven. I do have some great 
admins and moderators yeah. that I, you know, that really help and they'll, they'll take the wheel for me when I'm, when I am yeah. busy with, you know, different things, right? If I want to go to a cabin or, right. if, you know, or if just life and different things happen. If you went to this library, let's say two hours a day, would that be enough before people would like if you went to the library yeah. like on if you went to the library like people on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, like from noon until two, would that be enough time so people wouldn't be asking what's happened to Susie? Kind of. I feel like people would notice. They would notice because it's not like later at night and stuff, right? Yeah, like I get messages all the time. I, I really do. I mean, if you check my inbox, it's just it's always full, and I apologize because sometimes I, I just right. miss them too because there's just there's a lot of them. It's always on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you get to this biggest organization, this is going to multiply by 10. So how do you handle that then? Or 100, whatever. With the help of my other admins, like I said. So they're, they are helping. They're working with me closely. And, you know, so it's not, it's not a one, it's not a one man show. You know, we're really evolving to become an organization, you know. If I'm not available, then so-and-so is available or so-and-so is available. Yeah. Because I noticed when we were setting this up, I think that you said one of the admins was going to maybe schedule this or yes. something. And how yeah. do, do they know your schedule and they're able to put certain things in there? Oh, just a shared Google calendar. They'll see the times that you're able, but then they can pick up on the minuscules of actually filling out a form or or whatever. Exactly. I've got a group on LinkedIn. LinkedIn was a little bit trickier years ago before Microsoft bought them. And um, they've had their struggles with ease of use and so on. But I started back then. It's called Independent Pharmacy Owners on LinkedIn. So we've got about like 9,000 members on there. But mine was strictly the opposite of yours. I didn't mind knowing that I wanted to use it for something in the future. Mm -hmm. I was an independent pharmacist, so I cared about that. But I can't say I cared about really other independent yeah. pharmacists that much, as long as it brought me along for the ride. But I knew at some point it's like, all right, if I can get the group, get it going, I can use it for something down the road. And then 12 years later, now I'm using it more probably for the podcast interaction and posting some of those new shows and things like that. When you're at some of these national shows, are you a local celebrity then with the pharmacist moms? That's nice of you to say. I don't, I wouldn't say I'm a celebrity, but you know, I enjoy meeting other pharmacist moms and I, you know, we're, we're all one in the same. I think, you know, it's interesting to hear everyone's story. And, um, I, I truly enjoy just connecting with others, um, you know, when I meet them. Um, especially when I talk about the different things that some of the stories that I hear, you know, that, that I want to bring out too. All right. I got to come on and ask it then. Did anybody ask you for your autograph? <laughs> That's funny. No. <laughs> That's really funny. No, I. No one's asked you for your autograph yet. No, that's really that's that would be funny. <laughs> I might be the first if I if I ran into you, I'd ask you for your autograph. <laughs> we do take selfies though. I, I take a lot of selfies with a lot of. <laughs> I'm dating myself. That's a new thing. <laughs> no, I guess people still do autographs, right? They do, of course. Yeah, definitely. My kids want like some of their baseballs autographed and stuff. You know, when we go to a game. Can I take a selfie with you, Susie? That kind of thing, right? Yeah, that that I do a lot of when I when I go to a lot of these meetings. We have a lot of fun with that. Is that a pain? No, that's fun. That's, you know, it's funny. The, the whole point is that I want to get all of our faces out there, you know, um, and people talking about 
women and pharmacy and, and all of that. I don't know. I'd be perturbed if the little people came up and wanted a selfie with me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'd, I'd pretend to be that way. Oh my goodness. 10 years from now, you're the biggest group in pharmacy and so on. What do you see your day looking like at that point? Have you gone strictly to being the leader of this group or, or are you still doing your pharmacy job, whatever it would be at that time? I think eventually, yeah, I think that this would become a full-time role for me. Um, you yeah. know, just being that there, there are a lot of things out there that we, that we need to do that we need to, I don't know if you want to use the word fix or, you know, change, but, um, I think yeah. we, we need to begin to work on, work on those. If tomorrow you could do this full time, the pharmacist moms, would you do it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, definitely. And not work outside of it. Well, that is work. I was, yeah, I was going to say it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work. So I think I wouldn't be me myself either alone. But you'd enjoy it. So you could call yes. it almost yeah. like not work. But you wouldn't do another pharmacy thing though. I mean, if I was going to do that full time, then, you know, I could do it. I mean, I kind of am doing it almost full time already. So Susie, tell me about the ACMA. So it's the Accreditation Council for Medical Affairs. And we offer certification and training to individuals who are physicians, pharmacists, PhDs who work in the pharmaceutical industries. What is the relationship of you working there and your husband working there? Did you guys, did you start this? Tell me the background of both of you being there. So he, he was the founder. He started it. Oh, is that right? Wow. But there were other, there were other people involved as well. And interesting, you know, with the advisory board gotcha. and, and things in that area. So his whole background is been in pharma oh, is that um, right? for the majority of his career. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, because of what I did. So when I, when I was working in pharma, I was actually doing a lot of the assessment. And then even yeah. when I worked in academia, I was doing assessment of all those individuals. So that's where I came in. And so I work as the chief academic officer there. I take in pharmacy students from Rutgers, from St. John's. I'm a preceptor at FDU. Otoro College of Pharmacy. So I, I am actually a preceptor at, at all four schools. I constantly have rotation students in and out um, that I'm that I'm working with. Um, there's other pharmacists there as well at the at the ACMA, uh, but I, I'm the primary preceptor there. So kind of bringing in my my academia as well. So that kind of just worked out that that was my area and then my husband's area as well. But that's how it it fit together. And it would not be fair to say that you and he started it. He started it with a group of like-minded individuals. Yes. Would you consider yourself a founder also no, or not? No, 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 definitely not. You came in later. Besides the time traveling, are you working from home or a coffee shop or are you at the ACMA? Where do you do most of your stuff so, during the so day? So from home or at the ACMAs. You have an office there or whatever? I have whatever. an office there, yeah. And then um, I also have a home office, so, so kind of gotcha. in my car, everywhere. I mean, I'm a mom, so it's like I do it when I drop my kids off at Kumon. I start working, you know, at the Dunkin' Donuts next door. And How often would you say that you're actually at ACMA during uh, the week? Almost every day. Oh, you yeah. are? Okay. So, Susie, if someone said you had to take a year sabbatical and probably not improve something with the pharmacist moms or or anything really that has to do with pharmacy, what would you do right now? But you could come back. You know, you'd come back a year later. What would you do during that year, would you say? I would travel with my with my husband and my kids. That's 
Yeah, we would travel. I'd probably take them to a lot of places all over the world. So You would? That's what I would like to do. I'd leave a lot of my kids at home or maybe just some (laughs) of my kids at home during the time. The ones that are more of a pain in the behind. If someone said years ago, like you couldn't go into pharmacy or medical, where would you be if you weren't medical? I probably would have been a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Even, I mean, right now, sometimes when I pick up my kids from school, I'm like, you know, I wouldn't mind having my summers off and being like a fifth grade history teacher or, you know, something like that. I would not like to teach. I don't like that repetition of of doing that, you know, over and over. Would that get hard for you to to do that? Or you teach the same thing over and over with the history? Oh, I would love it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I love connecting with I would connect with the kids and yeah, yeah, that probably doesn't speak to you, but yeah. (laughs) Hey, Susie, pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, it was great to talk to you as well. I'm coming for your autograph if I ever see you at one of the (laughs) things. We're probably not going to cross over because you probably don't get to the community pharmacist things and I'm too dumb to be let into the uh, pharmacy affairs, things like that. But if we run into each other, I'm going to go old fashioned and get your autograph. Plus, I don't really know how to do the reverse uh, you know, switch your phone over and do a, a selfie, selfie at the That's same time. Funny. Best wishes on everything with the group. Thank you. It's really going to take off because your spirit behind that is really going to move things. So I wish you guys all the best. Or you ladies, I should say all the best. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right, Susie, we'll talk again. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Business of Pharmacy podcast with me, your host, Mike Kelzer. Please subscribe for all future episodes.